Happy Friday, everybody. I hope everybody had a good uh, Thanksgiving and had a nice uh, fattening. Ate all the foods, did everything you had to do. And some of us thought that we were going to do the Colin Trevorrow Duel of Fates thing. Well, I don't have anybody here today to do that with me. And I, I went through some, one of you guys sent me the actual comic book, comic book, comic book that somebody did um, based off of the Trevorrow treatment. And I read the whole thing. And I was going to do a full episode of the breakdown of that, you know, and the overall story. But I sent it to Mike and Steph because I really want to talk it through to them. So I think I'm going to push that until next week when they're back because we got a little time before Boba Fett comes out. So I started looking around and saying, well, what can we talk about today? And there's a lot, man. There's the the casting of Sabine Wren. There, we haven't really, I haven't really talked about it all. There is the um, the images from from Boba Fett that came out. An interview with Tamar Morrison about kind of what what's going on with with the character. Kathleen Kennedy signs on for three more years. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy talks about how it hints that perhaps some of the characters down the line of the new trilogy could pop up. Uh, Hayden Christensen. Some more news with the Ahsoka series. There's some hints. And the biggest hint, I think, of all is a new novel coming out about Anakin and Obi-Wan in their days uh, during the Clone Wars and all that stuff. So, And I, th- I thought that, was, that actually was very telling. And I'll talk about it a little bit more. But that's going to be the show. Just going to be us talking through it today. So enjoy it. Let's get into it. It's Sith Council, everybody. Let's do it. What's going on, everybody? How you doing? Nice to see you on the Sith Council here. It is Friday, and we got a lot to talk about. We do. we got a lot to talk about. I'm happy that we have a lot to talk about. I wasn't sure, and now I know. Um, I don't know how long the episode could be. It could be 20 minutes. It could be 30 minutes. It could be an hour. It depends on how these stupid thoughts come into my head about the stuff that we're going to talk about today. Mike and Steph will be back next week. Talk about that duel of fates. I tell you, you guys, what I'll say is, and I'll give my early thoughts on it, why didn't they make that movie? Why didn't they make that movie? Oh, for for the, the reason alone, for the reason alone that it just tied everything together. They're going to go into the kind of full spoiler on it, I, didn't, I mean, I think it was—it's the easiest way for people. If you haven't read the full treatment, you get look at this comic book this guy did. I'm going to post the link in the description of this video so you can check it out, um, and then we'll post it. Obviously, we're going to go through it at great lengths when Mike and uh, Steph are back, because I was just—I couldn't stop reading it, and the imagery actually helped very much because you could visualize this. This guy, this artist, like he made a full comic. He's like I think like five issues out of the Trevaro Duel of Fates treatment and oh it just was it was heartbreaking it just it played so much better and it wasn't now whether you know you never know what it's going to be like how it's going to be executed on film itself but the story to me was way more intriguing and made way more sense um and took some of the stuff that i didn't even necessarily like about last jedi but at least said okay well we're going to acknowledge what happened and then be able to play it into this and then it'll move forward here finn has such a great arc in it plays back the stormtrooper stuff which is pretty much just kind of 
lost minus whatever it might be. Oh, a couple of us were stormtroopers, and now we're force sensitive. What? That that's gone. There's they had like there's like a full reason. Rose is not um, put on the the back burner. She has she has something to do. Uh, Ray and Kylo, the way they work together, and and the, the redemption stuff that I was worried about. There's still a redemption angle in it, but it's very different. And not not th- not this way, at all. And it was it was funny the other day. I was talking about how talking to who myself in my head but i was like you know what would have been really and i had not i don't i don't think i read the full treatment i just heard so many different things about it i knew the coruscant stuff and i knew all that but i remember thinking you know what would have been really cool as i was doing this re uh the rewatch if they would have done like a scene like a force cave scene with like kylo and vader brought vader back to do that and it's in that it's in the it's in the treatment it's in the this comic book and the, the way that they do it and they, they incorporate mortis for those people who were who knew the the Clone Wars episodes really well? There's a mention of Darth Plagueis inside of it. It's just like it was it was heartbreaking to read because I'm like, ah, oh, this would have been this would have been so much better, so much better, so much better. And and again, I I, I enjoy Rise of Skywalker, watching it anyway, better than I do Last Jedi. But at least this makes sense. This makes sense of all of them together. I think it was just, and and it it, it does lend. To the conversation that I guess we can just talk about up top is that Kathleen Kennedy was was um, was hired again, not hired, uh, resigned to for three more years, and people obviously losing their minds and saying, "Why? How come she's messed everything up? She's messed." I, and this is some people disagree with me on this. I think she's messed up the the film department in a certain aspect. People can argue with you and say, and, and I would be one of those people to argue with myself that she's got a lot of wins. And I've said this many times over, as far as the the box office goes. And I've seen the comments. I don't want to hear about how, like, I saw this comment that I, and, and I'm not, I think it's a silly comment. I'm not saying the person or people who wrote it are silly, but the comment itself is silly, saying, well, she got Star Wars, so of course Star Wars is going to make a movie. That's like saying Phil Jackson doesn't get the props that he has because he had Jordan already. I never understood that because a lot of other people had, championship players before on many other teams and they couldn't win championships is how you do it it's how you put it together i'm saying you have to like the teams but as long as you win championships well diminishing returns it still made a billion dollars so as far as that goes and i'm not telling you that i think that she should be running the film division i think that she should run the film division the way she runs tv that's what i think because i think that she's doing that very well and I think that if she, if she just stuck that creative head in the film the way that she's doing it for TV, I think she's she, nobody, they would be saying, look, look, look what she did. And then, and then you get people who would say the opposite. Well, now it's working because she put someone else in charge. But it's, she's, doing, she's wearing too many hats. She's wearing too many hats. Do I, am I one of these people who are saying, oh, my God, Star Wars is ruined because she was hired for three more years? No, TV's working. And that's what I care about right now. TV is working. There's so much of it that's working. You sit down, it's still her. She makes the decisions. No, it's Filoni and Favreau. She hires them. So she's she's doing something right over there. And then other things, too. They're selling uh, merchandising and the other things that they're doing. It's it's working. So I understand why she was hired again. It's not, But the, the thing is what I... And this is uh, speculation like anybody else. But when it comes to... The film division itself. The reason I believe that she might be a little bit more like protecting it, right, and 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 
maybe not putting someone in that creative head because her it's always her ass on the line every single time, no matter what it is. It's her ass on the line. But with TV, the risk is, okay, well, all we need people to do is to sign up. We need people to sign up. People got to sign up to Disney+. Plus. That's what we need them to do. And so if they're signing up because of Mandalorian and then we can put like Andor on there, which not a lot of people are maybe excited for, but they're not going to go and they're not, we're not asking them to buy tickets. We're just asking them to subscribe and maybe they love Andor. And they come in, maybe they're not necessarily subscribing but they, for Andor, but they subscribed for Obi-Wan and they stuck around for Andor. So we, our, our numbers are good because that's, I think that's a lot of, a lot of things you look killing me today. Microphone is killing me today. Stupid microphone. But if you look at like if you look at certain things like movies, like there's certain movies, like look at look at Solo, for example. Solo, it was right after Last Jedi. So people so a lot of people and it also came out a month after uh, Infinity War, or weeks after Infinity War. So people are like, nah, I'm not spending my money on that. I'm not gonna do it. If Solo and this is and not to say they could have done this back then because Disney Plus wasn't even a thing, but if if Solo was a TV show and they put Solo, Solo on, way more people would have watched it because it comes with your subscription. So that's not what the win is about over on TV. So when it comes to the film side of it, it's every little decision is going to lead up to this movie that needs to make at least five to $600 million. And if we're lucky, we've got to aim for that big one, the $1 billion. That's when Star Wars really works and really cooks. So everything starts to, that's the, the money piece. You got to get that thing done. You got to make that money on the big movie because that's the one that counts. That's the one. And like I said, whether you like the movies or not, whether you, whether you think that she, she had Star Wars or not, she's got a lot of wins under her belts as far as box office goes. So whether or not you go, yeah, yeah, but it's diminishing returns. It's not the way that Disney and everybody looks at it. Whether or not you think, well, they should. They don't. They look at it and they, they look down. At your, as far as asking, like, how could she get her hired? Because they look down at the box office and they say, okay, that one made $2 billion. That one made $1 billion, But it still made $1 billion. That one made $1 billion. That one made $1 billion. That one didn't do very well. But he said that, you know, Uncle Bob said that he uh, he was partially responsible for that because he made you do it at that point. It's supposed to come out in December, but they pushed it in May. Maybe you shouldn't have done a solo movie, so we'll give you a pass. And then all these things, you look okay. And plus TV, you understand. I understand why she, she was hired again. I, I get it. But the uh, but the problem is, you also cannot turn away from the fact that this stuff keeps happening in the film division. I mean, from the, not as not as open, but there's rumors that JJ had an issue in the first movie. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. They had Michael Apted; he was gone from the, from the script. They got rid of him pretty quick before JJ even came on. Um, and then you know JJ comes out, and then the, Ryan Johnson no problems. Okay, Gareth Edwards we know had problems. They replaced him with Tony Gilroy, Josh Trank to get rid of him. Something happened with him. Uh, Lord and Miller. Everybody knows what happened there. The Benioff and Weiss, gone. Trevorrow, gone. Patty Jenkins, gone. It's a problem. And it comes back to the 
act of just like, well, this movie needs to be successful. You got to do it this way. You got to do it this way. This is this is what happened. This is what we did before. And if we did it this way, um, then we can make millions. And they're running it more like a business than creative. And, and it is a business. But they're, but you got to trust in the creative and the idea of it. And they're doing that with TV, but I don't think they're doing that with film. They're trying to get too... And I've heard this rumor before that she thinks certain things are too inside baseball. And she thinks that things are too... Uh, that the fans aren't going to respond to. Yeah, they'll respond to that on TV, but I don't know about film. I think that's a major error. Get Fav- someone. It doesn't have to be Favre on Filoni. It would be great if it was, but someone like that who understands that the, this, the, the homages to the things that made Star Wars special. So do I, do I mind that she was hired for another three years or, brought, or stayed on for another three years? I don't. But it's going to be an issue for movies. And that's also another thing, to be fair. You guys have heard me many times over. I don't care if I see a Star Wars movie for a long time. I really don't. I got TV shows. I got development of characters. My favorite stuff, to, I used to, there's Knights of the Republic, and I'm playing it again on, on Nintendo Switch, just following the story and the amount of development on each character in each place and spending so much time in that world. That's what I get with TV now. I, I spend time. I saw some guys like, oh, Mando could have been a movie. A lot of filler. I don't think so. There's some. But overall, so much development overall. Loved it. And that's the, the, the whatever, the six or seven hours of Obi-Wan, seven-hour movie. That's a seven-hour movie. And it's, I get to digest it that way, watch it over. Andor. I wouldn't give a crap about an Andor film. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of excited about the Andor series because I want to see how they set up each side. How are they going to set up, you know, the the Empire side of it, the Rebellion side of it? Maybe some stuff inside of it that I, that I really like. And I wouldn't care about an Andor movie. Like, why? We know what happens in Rogue One. You wouldn't have enough time. So the movies for me, and, and I'm not saying that Star Wars shouldn't be seen on the big screen. It, if, of course it should. It's a spectacle. Same way that I understand that everyone was like, well, Dune should be seen on the big screen. I get it. I get it, but like, and Dune, I actually think Dune 1 and 2, I'd much prefer the, the, that particular story be told on a, um, on the on the big screen in movie theater. I just, there's certain stories in Star Wars that I just don't, but I will say, if it's Old Republic and New, and uh, or High Republic that's setting up a trilogy that leads into a series, um, that'd be great. I just don't need it tomorrow. I'm probably not going to get a movie for another three years. Something like that. So she'll either be re-upping or developing the, the movie that comes out. It's not going to be another movie in Star Wars that comes out anyway until 2024, 2025 maybe. So really all she's doing in this part of her tenure is developing that film. Because it ain't going to go, you're not going to see the light of day anytime soon. At least Unless they announce something at, you know, celebration that Feige's movie or Taika Waititi's movie is, is, is moving and you're going to see that in, in two years. I think that's a mistake unless they've already been highly developing it and it's ready to go. This two-year rush plan, also not working. I think it's one of the main reasons that the JJ thing seems so rushed. What the hell do I know? I'm in my garage. You know? So who the hell listens to me? I listen to myself sometimes. Like when I say I'm hungry, and then my, my little, then my other part of my head says, "Well, you should eat something," and then I eat something. So someone's listening to me. Otherwise, I'd be dead because I wouldn't be eating. All right, moving on. Um, okay, there's a lot of stuff. 
There's a lot of stuff. Part of this stuff is this Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Talk about a movie I didn't give a crap about. And I like Josh Trank. I didn't care about no stupid Boba Fett movie. I didn't care if they said, oh, Yoda's going to get a movie. Han Solo's going to get a movie. Boba Fett's going to movie. Who cares about Boba Fett? And then Mandalorian comes along. They reintroduce Boba. And they say he's getting a TV show. And I said, sign me up. This looks like Sopranos. This looks like the gangster series that I've always never wanted. But now I do. And, then, man, Empire Magazine and Star Wars Newsnet crushing it with this coverage. Check out our buddies over at Star Wars Newsnet. They have like a whole revamp to their site. It's beautiful. John Hoey's over there, Miguel Fernandez. I mean, fantastic stuff that they're doing over there at Star Wars Newsnet. Always have been. So Empire Magazine, who, who wrote this one? This is Miguel Fernandez. He writes like a lot of stuff. He's really good, that guy. I like that Miguel Fernandez. Um, Empire Magazine released the cover for the January 22, 2022 issue which is going to be focused on the book of Boba. The article teased that the new issue would feature interviews with several people involved with the show. Today, they revealed snippets of that interview with executive producers Favreau and Robert Rodriguez. Of course, post-credit scenes of The Mandalorian Season 2 is effectively a teaser trailer for the spinoff show as it gave us the basic idea of the plot. Boba Fett's back. He's taken over Jabba's throne, and he's basically the new crime lord. Now, this is what Favreau told Empire that there's, there's a power vacuum because Jabba is gone. Jabba was clearly a very strong and imposing leader who people were very scared of and seemed to rule with an iron fist. And you pull somebody like that out of the ecosystem of Tatooine and Hut space in general, and you have the opportunity that's ripe in the gangster genre. That, that, that alone. Favreau's having fun with this, isn't he? He then added, although Boba Fett is a very experienced bounty hunter, he's not experienced at running a criminal syndicate or managing forces. He's not normally a newcomer. He's an expert, as we see him in most areas. But in this case, he's trying to transition to another position. Favreau's clearly teasing that we're going to get an unhinged Boba Fett. But Robert Rodriguez goes even further. We'll see a lot more of his true character in this season, and you'll definitely see him have to turn barbarian mode. Love that. So, I mean, if you look at that picture up top of Rodriguez, that's him going over that, uh, that, that, that hit that, he, that uh, Boba Fett does with the big axe. In the, in the trailer. So there are more bits on the Boba, on Boba Fett expected to come in the next following days, maybe even today, including interviews with Tamar Morrison. This is an older one, so there was. And Filoni talking about Ahsoka, as Empire teased last week. Um, okay. So let's, uh, let's, let's, let's move away from, uh, from Boba. Or not, not the, let's move away from these pictures for a moment and talk about this thing. Because... I thought it was Tamar Morrison who, who gave the quote, so apologies. It was Favreau. And you listen to this. This is something Favreau's wanted to do. Favreau's wanted to tell a Boba Fett story, and now he gets to tell And this goes back to the conversation that opened the show. He's not making He's not rushed. He's not doing a two-hour movie of this. Boba Fett is a gangster. Two-hour movie. It's over. He has to do this. You're, you're getting six hours of this thing or, or, or more. I don't remember what it is. I thought it was six episodes. Could be more. Could be nine Let's say it's a nine-hour or or forty-five-minute episodes, whatever the hell it is. It's going to be so much development inside of this, and learning new things, and having a chance for some some fun moments that play. Um, and I find myself now really looking forward to this Boba Fett series more so than I ever did beforehand. And I, if you would have told me in twenty, you know, right after Mandalorian came out that you know they're gonna 
you're only going to get two seasons back-to-back in Mandalorian, and then they're going to do a Boba Fett series. I'm like, why? And now I wouldn't say that because I saw exactly the way that they played it. Now he's a, he's a character in season two of, of, of The Mandalorian. You're following him in. It was a great tease. And he's going back to, uh, to try to take over. He doesn't want to be. And he's, I love the unhinged thing. Like he's like this, this Jabba, Jabba knew how to rule. It's like, you know, an old gangster that just knew how to rule on the throne and he got whacked. And now one of the foot soldiers is going to take over and try to run the whole thing. This guy's been earning his stripes for years in the underworld. How's he going to do it? How's, he, how's it going to pay off? Who's going to turn on him? What kind of twists and turns are we going to see? What kind of pure violence? Robert Rodriguez and Favreau doing this thing. I don't know about a lot of kitty moments in this one. There's nothing wrong with that. We got a lot, we got a lot of that stuff. And even I'm just watching, just watching Hawkeye recently, and Hawkeye's got a lot of good family moments in it. I don't know if you can get a lot of family moments in Boba Fett. It seems like there's a lot. I mean, I don't, I'm sure they're going to introduce some kind of humor character, but Boba ain't cracking jokes, nor should he. And even Fennec Shan, she's not cracking jokes either. They're probably going to introduce some somebody like you know what they did with Horatio Sands to come go in there and do a couple jokes here and there. But for the most part, this thing looks solid. A lot of uh, lot of stuff going on. Man, I'm digging it. I'm digging it. You know what else I'm digging? Oh, yeah. MeUndies, ladies and gentlemen. You guys heard me talk about MeUndies forever, as I should. It's amazing. Really, really great. So the holidays are almost upon us, and it's time to really lean in. We're talking hugs. We're talking secret family recipes. Talking about seeing the looks on your loved ones' faces as they unwrap their matching PJ sets at the same time. And this year, MeUndies wants to help you bring comfortable home for the holidays. This is your sign to surround your family and friends with comfort. And while you're at it, why not get a little something for yourself? You should. I've been, I'm wearing them right now. Got the fire. Got these fire underwear. Nothing's burning. It just, it's just good. And, uh, and I also got the pizza ones. Got the Star Wars ones, comfortable, really comfortable. For you guys, what's your favorite thing to cuddle up during a cozy season? Is it do you do you wear a onesie? You got some loungewear. You got PJs. What are you doing? Well, with new classic plaid and holiday sweater prints, MeUndies is going to turn up the comfort this holiday season. Their undies, loungewear, sleepwear—they're made out of soft, breathable, stretchy fabrics that are ideal for getting cozy by the fire with a cup of hot cocoa. Make the whole family smile with matching PJ sets or spoil your partner with plush robes and slippers. Whatever you decide, everyone will be rolling into the new year comfier than before. They're available in sizes extra small through four extra large. MeUndies has a little something for everyone on your list. If you're looking for more inspiration, check out their holiday gift guide for all things cozy and comfy. So MeUndies has a great offer for my listeners. For any first-time purchasers, you're going to get 15% off and free shipping right to your door. Your days of fighting for your life in the mall parking lot, they're over. Get 15% off your first order, free shipping, and 100% satisfaction guarantee. Head on over to MeUndies.com slash Sith. That is MeUndies.com slash Sith. Love MeUndies. I do. Yeah, you know that. I'm at those since the Schmoes no days. All right, I'm just going to pick the next story. Oh, this one. All right, I'm going to go to this one. So... Anakin and Obi-Wan, 
I was going through these news stories, the stuff that I wanted to, to get into. And I noticed there's a, uh, there's a novel coming out. There's a novel coming out about Obi-Wan and Anakin. It's called Brotherhood. So again, Star Wars Newsnet, Miguel Fernandez. Better pay this guy extra. Delray has revealed the final cover for Brotherhood. It's by Laura Rosero, one of the most anticipated Star Wars books for next year. It's going to be Mike Chen's first book in a galaxy far, far away. Oh, excuse me, the artist by Laura Rosero. This is Mike Chen. And will follow Obi-Wan and Anakin during the Clone Wars. And this is what Chen told StarWars.com. Brotherhood opens with both Anakin and Obi-Wan, recently promoted to Jedi Knight and Jedi Council, yet feeling a bit uncertain about how to go about it. While the war accelerates things so quickly that the Jedi charge into battle without a chance to really go, why are we doing this? Who are these clones? For our two heroes, they're balancing their feelings on this while trying to live life without being tethered to one another, and the story examines how both of them realize that not only do they need each other, they're better Jedi and people when they're connected. I mean, this is... we we talk about this in a second. The Clone Wars, excuse me, according to StarWars.com, the landscape that is seen behind Kenobi and Anakin are those of Cato Nemodia, which is a key place in the events of the book. Here's the official synopsis. The Clone Wars have begun. Battle lines are being drawn throughout the galaxy. With every word that joins, excuse me, with every world that joins the Separatists, the peace guarded by the Jedi Order is slipping through their fingers. After an explosion devastates Cato Nemodia, the jewel of the Trade Federation, the Republic is is blamed, and the fragile neutrality of the planet is threatened. The Jedi dispatch Obi-Wan Kenobi, one of the Order's most gifted diplomatic minds, to investigate the crime and maintain the balance that has begun to dangerously shift. As Obi-Wan investigates, with the help of heroic Nemodian guard, he finds himself working against the Separatists who hope to draw their planet into their conspiracy and senses the sinister hand of Asajj Ventress in the mist that... Cloak the planet. Amid the brewing chaos, Anakin Skywalker rises to the rank of Jedi Knight. Despite the mandate that Obi-Wan travel alone and his former master's insistence that he listen this time, Anakin's headstrong determination means nothing can stop him from crashing the party and bringing along a promising but conflicted youngling. Once the Padawan to Obi-Wan, Anakin now finds himself on equal but uncertain footing with the man who raised him. The lingering faction friction between them increases the danger for everyone around them. The two mites must learn a new way to work together, and they must learn quickly to save Cato Nemodia and its people from the fires of war. To overthrow, overcome the threat they face, they must grow, grow beyond master and apprentice. They must stand together as brothers. All right, there's a lot there. There is a lot there. And there's, it, it, there's no coincidence of why a book like this is coming out. Um, at the moment, there's always collaboration with the story team and certain things about what's working what's coming up and why it pairs together and obviously with the stuff with Hayden Christensen is coming back and in order to have him back they probably have this whole thing um, planned out so I was thinking that basically I think what's going to happen with Anakin and Obi-Wan is there's going to be this kind of flashback stuff that is going to happen throughout the show. I think that what happens in Obi-Wan, there'll be kind of a flashback show. And I think that this is the type of stuff that they could maybe throw back to and certain things that they maybe that 
certain things that are going to lead up and that, that play. And I think that that certainly could happen inside of this. The, the bigger story here for me is why a book like this is coming out at the moment. I think it's obvious. It's obvious that that's going to happen to me. Um, all right. Moving on to the next story here. And that would be massive casting. Sabine Wren. We finally find out who Sabine Wren is going to be. And this news, it, it's, you know what's, what stinks is that I was going to do a whole report on this the other day. And um, what happened was, um, see what happened was, I was in the middle of trying to do it and all this stuff started popping up and I didn't get a chance uh, to, to talk about it yet. So I figured, why not talk about it here? And let's talk about it. Let's get into it. So Soka, the series, we knew that it was going to take place. Uh, it it, it kind of takes place in between the, well, that Rebels thing that we said, the end of Rebels, and then what we saw in Mandalorian Season 2. So this is by Grant Davis at Star Wars Newsnet. Ahsoka has found its Sabine Wren in Natasha Lou Bordiso, who will be the co-lead of the Disney Plus limited series opposite to Rosario Dawson's Ahsoka Tano, Sabine was first portrayed by voice actress Tia Sakar. Deadline has confirmed that Bordisio has been selected to portray Ren, a young tech-savvy Mandalorian with a flair for the artistic. She's going to be making her live-action debut in Ahsoka, a live-action limited series that will be showrun by Dave Filoni and executive produced by Filoni and Favreau. Pre-production on the series is already underway, with Deadline indicating that production will officially begin in March 22, with a release in 2023 most likely. Aside from Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka Tano and Natasha Lubertizzo as Sabrina Wren, Hayden Christensen is said to be appearing as Anakin Skywalker as part of the show's cast. Sabine Wren was introduced as one of the lead characters in the animated series Star Wars Rebels, where she fought alongside the young Jedi in training Ezra Bridger, who we'll find out. There's also been rumors on who Ezra will be. Uh, Aladdin, anybody? Over the course of the series, her narrative and her goal to help reunite with her family and save her home planet of Mandalore from the Empire became increasingly prominent in the second half of the animated series. The forthcoming Ahsoka limited series had something of a pilot episode in the form of the Mandalorian episode, Chapter 13, The Jedi, which is canonically set before the events of the epilogue sequence in Rebels. In that episode, Ahsoka Tano enlisted the help of series protagonist Din Darjin to liberate the city of Kaladin on the, on the planet Corvus, which was held hostage by Morgan Elspeth. Ahsoka dueled and bested Morgan and, and interrogated her for the location of her instructor, Grand Admiral Thrawn, the Imperial, who, who Ezra was last seen taking with him into parts unknown. Given that Thrawn is most likely still alive, it can presumed that Ezra will be in as well, and that Ahsoka and Sabine's search for the character will make up a significant portion of the show's story. Hopefully, we're going to find out who's playing those two in the coming weeks. In the meantime, it can be presumed that Ahsoka will be picking up right where Rebels left off as Ahsoka and Sabine team up. All right, lots there. So we know nothing about this girl, which I love. I, I, I love the fact that we're getting an unknown. I think that helps. And I think that with Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka, you don't need anybody else. Today. I mean, and, and where you have, um, and I can't remember the kid's name, and we had a chance to interview him too, who played Aladdin in, in the live-action Aladdin. So if he, uh, if he ultimately turns out to be Ezra, which I think is a great casting, I think he's a great actor too, I like that cast. Thrawn is also rumored to be um, Lars Mikkelsen, who played him in the um, 
in Rebels. Love that casting. Again, rumored, not confirmed. So if all that goes down, the Ahsoka series, which everyone kind of thought, there's, there's more, and we're going to get into this in a second. Ahsoka coming out in 2023 makes a lot of sense. Because of where you rumored, uh, where where we're rumored to 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 move on to these other shows, right? You got Obi Wan, which could come anywhere between February and like April, maybe even May, because Boba Fett's gonna end in probably February. So most likely you're gonna get around two month break, maybe even three. So that puts us into April and May for for Obi Wan. And then there's rumors that Andor now is, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, is not coming out until like August, September, which matches up. And then Mandalorian season three, you're either going to get that at the tail end of December or January of 2023. So the three shows you're probably going to get in, in January of 2023 are Ahsoka, Acolyte, and, uh, and Mandalorian, if it kind of ties in. With a potential that you could have four, I mean, but I would say that that's probably those are probably the ones. All makes sense, and I mean that was the other story we were talking about was Andor getting pushed back, and Kathleen Kennedy had a, had an interview about that and said that there. And oh, I think that that wasn't the inter- that wasn't where the information came from. I think it was a stockholder thing. They they mentioned that. Let me see. I'll, I'll try to I'll just go back and, and find that particular story. But but Andor being pushed, so all this makes sense. And the idea of rebels, by the way. The idea that Rebels is going to pretty much, this is going to be the next season of Rebels. It's just live action. And I'm all for that. I think it's great. Do I think it loses people? Not necessarily because of what we uh, what we just said, that you, you establish it enough, and if you watch Mandalorian Season 2, then you get it. And and carrying over to this Ahsoka thing, might as well just stay here with Ahsoka. Hold on. Let me see if I can uh, find it. Here it is. Filoni was, I guess they, they had taken some bits from the Empire Magazine stuff and they, and they released some of it. And so it was probably Miguel Fernandez. Uh, more Star Wars bits are emerging from the latest episode of Empire Magazine, whose January edition will focus on the Book of Boba Fett. Covers were revealed. And then the first string of interviews with the producers came out. So here is a snippet of Filoni talking about Ahsoka. And in the interview, this is what he said of the scripting process. It's thrilling, I got to tell you. It's something that you imagine doing for a long time, and then it's kind of startling when you're sitting there, and now you have to do it. And then he added, I thought this adventure for, uh, I thought of this adventure for Ahsoka for a long time, and it's interesting to see how it's evolved. Years ago, I would have never imagined that it was sprung from a branch of a tree that had anything to do with a guy like Din Darjin or a child that looks like Yoda. It's a great lesson for me on how, when you have other creators like Jon Favreau that can help lend such dimension and depth to what you're doing. According to Empire, Filoni is currently writing the series, which is interesting, since last December, Favreau told Good Morning America the same thing. However, with the casting of some of the main characters already locked down, including Sabine Wren, who will be played in live action by actress Natasha Lou uh, Lou Bordizzo, it's possible that they are finalizing the scripts. The principal principal? The principal photography is reportedly scheduled to begin in 2022, around the same time that Mandalorian Season 3 will wrap. Hayden Christensen is also coming back to the series to play Anakin Skywalker. Again, so much here. So much here. Um, Anakin. Now, how the hell can Anakin be back if he's not a Force ghost or flashbacks? It's the only way. 
I mean, he's because Vader's dead. You put him in the in the suit, and he's running around in the suit. It's, unless they do a flashback scene, even then, when when she, when you see him fight, but why, why would you waste Hayden that way? So you're probably gonna have two things. One, if they flashback this way, they should flashback in Obi Wan the same the same, because then you know work with that with that deep fake technology that you got the de aging or whatever, and uh, and do that. Have some flashback scenes, but also Force Ghost. Why not? You know, we know that he comes back as a Force Ghost. We saw him do it. So let's utilize him. It's another thing with that, uh, that, it's that cut of the Rise of Skywalker when people put the Force Ghosts in there, and he was in there. It just worked. I mean, he's talking to, to Ray. I mean, all these ghosts are talking to him. Show him. You know that they're there. You can hear them. And we know that they turn blue. Turn them blue. But Ahsoka coming out um it's a a series i'm pretty excited for i loved rebels so for me as a rebels fan to see where that goes and 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 to see it continue on i think that's going to get a lot of people re-watching rebels the same way that like sopranos people started re-watching sopranos when many scenes came out i think that the hardcore star wars fans not everybody loves animation you know but i do and i think that There'll be a lot of people who are going to be interested. I never really knew about Rebels. I want to see this Ahsoka series, though. You should definitely watch Rebels, though. If you haven't watched Rebels and you're looking forward to the Ahsoka series, you should. Or you want to learn more about Ahsoka in general. It's a series that you should check out. All right. So what else did did we miss here? Because, oh, it was that other. So here's the other report about, let's see where, where is it at? Kathleen Kennedy. Where was the interview, though? She was talking about... I'm going to find it where the hell it is. Here it is. Oh, no. She was talking about the, 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 new, the new trilogy characters. I don't know where that is. I can't find the damn thing. But there was rumors that... Um, not rumors. Someone asked her a question about whether or not we were going to see any... Um, if we're going to see any of the characters appear and she said, don't count it out or something along those lines. And uh, I don't know. I, it's, I think it's, that's the type of stuff that she does that I don't think is, I don't think it's productive. It like, I don't, I don't get it. That's, oh, that's where the story came in. It, I, now here's where, here it is. She started talking about Obi-Wan and Anakin, which the quotes here, are the quotes, there it is. Um, the quotes for that story I think was um, that the two of them are very excited to be, you know, together. Kathleen Kennedy talks Obi-Wan reunion and the future of the sequel trilogy heroes. Okay, here, here we go. Sorry about that, everybody. Knew I had something. Um, so the two of them, Obi-Wan and Anakin, we know they're getting reunited. People are excited about it. And Kathleen Kennedy was asked about it. Next year promises to be one of the biggest ever for Star Wars. And this week's Empire looks to shed a little light on some of Lucasfilm's most anticipated series. In a short preview release this morning, Kathleen Kennedy touches on Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen's emotional reunion on the set of Obi-Wan Kenobi and teases a possible future return for the heroes of the sequel trilogy. Now, this first part was Obi-Wan, and what she said is in regards to Anakin or Christensen and, and Ewan, they hadn't seen each other in a long time. I was surprised at how incredibly emotional it was for each of them to find themselves back in these roles. What, you, you don't think? 
And just realizing how important Star Wars was to each of them, it was the beginning of their careers. Well, yeah, of course. They're going to be super emotional. They, they, guys, these guys got along really well, and I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Anakin and Obi-Wan wasn't the only reunion Kennedy touched on as she briefly turned her sights to the future and the young heroes of the sequel trilogy. While she did not confirm any specific projects in development, she did say the characters have not been forgotten when it comes to future stories. Certainly, those are not characters we're going to forget. They will live on, and those are conversations that are going on with the creative team as well. I mean, this is just a brief snippet of the full interview featuring two incredible Boba Fett covers. The new issue of Empire uh, promises to bring us the latest updates on the book of Boba Fett, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and more when it goes on sale this Thursday. All right, so Thanksgiving, we're going to get a lot of information. There'll be a lot of stuff. Um, There's nothing here, really. I mean, obviously, Anakin and, and... Obi-Wan or Hayden and Ewan were emotional when they saw each other. It, it doesn't surprise, shouldn't surprise anybody. They, they, they got along really well. It was a, it was a big moment in, in both their lives. And now they get a chance to return. And, and Ewan even said it in that report. I was just excited because I get to work with Hayden again. That's the first thing he said, we haven't heard anything from Hayden. They shouldn't just keep Hayden quiet. And you know, because it's, it's, people are excited now. That was such a good switch on what happened to him. I'm so happy on what happened to him. He was, you know, everybody was kind of against him. And and when you look at what the poor guy had to work with, and, and as far as, you know, no one's accusing George Lucas of being able to work well with actors, right? And he had to suffer from it, especially with the green screen stuff. They didn't have the void and have all these things. And like this switch happened that the fans, when they were like, uh, they would go after Hayden and say how wooden he was. And say, like, then he starts showing up to to conventions and they're cheering him like he's you know a returning hero and now everyone was when they announced that he was coming back it wasn't like people going oh this is terrible people were excited that he's coming back it links it all together it's a good move um so that part of it yeah of course it's gonna be emotional for them it's gonna be emotional for us when we watch it and they can really use that for the emotion that's gonna play between um you know obi-wan and, and anakin the second part of it, after reading the quote itself, she, she didn't really say anything that she's committing to anything. She just basically said that we're, we're, there were conversations going on with the creative team. Creative, creative team. I mean, you could say that about anything. Hey, you doing a, a, an Old Republic? Yeah, we're having conversations with the creative team about it. Are you doing something with, uh, you know, a, a Jar Jar movie? Eh, creative team's talking about it. So you can say that about anything. You know, that's a classic just yeah we've creative teams talked about it creative team talks about it. we talked about darth bane we talked about darth plagueis doesn't mean you didn't talk about it and then stop talking about it really fast so it's a good way to answer it if someone says i don't think she is hinting at anything in general um but uh, she's gonna say as she should she should say that about any character in star wars we're not gonna forget about the about those characters as opposed to eh, that one character terrible fans hated it we're never gonna do it ever again they're never going to say that. That's not how she does. She's she's very, she's very political in the way that she, um, or, or I shouldn't say political. I should say very um, structured in the way that she gives her responses. That's why I think a lot of times I, it doesn't. There's a, there's a thing that you don't. It it's it, it plays very executive. She is an executive, you know, but it just it plays that way. So I think a lot of times when she says certain announcements, it's like it's not the. And it's hard to get excited about certain things because things keep falling apart. So if she was to announce, yep, talking about Boyega, got a show coming up, 
or got a or that that one actually you probably get more excited about because it might happen. Movie coming out Boyega, and we got um, Tarantino involved. Okay, but when's it gonna get canceled? When's it gonna when when is when are they gonna change it up? When are they gonna decide that the new writers coming in and then it gets postponed? Because if the Taika Waititi and 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 Feige movies, if those don't happen, or somebody leaves the project, I mean that's 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 really bad PR because those guys are just so beloved at the moment. But and there's nothing there's nothing with these comments that I think that is anything wrong that she said. She didn't say she didn't, and I don't and I initially I thought she like kind of committed that they were doing something, but she didn't. She just said we're talking about it. So that's that's what that's what an executive should say at this point. Yeah, we're talking about it. So I don't know. And the last thing I think that we'll talk about before we get out of here and you guys can go eat your leftover turkeys and whatnot is the Andor story. And where the hell is it? Um, we talked about Boba Fett. We talked about Ahsoka and Obi-Wan and all that stuff. Um, where is it? Andor got moved. I know that Andor got moved. But they, they, told the, uh, they told the investors that it got moved. And, it's, and it's the, the bottom line is that they, it, it got moved until... What was it? Two thousand and oh, the next next year, but it's like August or September. And the question, as far as why I really finished shooting, I just think it's that you give that block right, and you also the other question that people keep asking is: Will Star Wars and Marvel have shows streaming at the same time? And I don't mean obviously. Obviously, they're always streaming at the same time. You can watch Mandalorian and Loki now, but currently, you know, like week to week. Are they going to have that? Because I think that I think that they're both taking over that Wednesday spot. Because I know Boba Fett's taking over Wednesday. And by the way, this show is going to be moved to Wednesday once, maybe even earlier than when Boba Fett comes out. We're going to start moving to Wednesdays to get you guys used to it. So big thing will be Monday, Thursday, Friday with Sith Council on Wednesday. So you guys know. Um, but it's because those shows will start moving out on Wednesday. You don't want to be able to cover those, but... I don't know. I wonder if the if like Obi Wan and like because uh, because Marvel has so many shows, right? They got what She Hulk and and Moon Knight and and Miss um, Marvel, and they have all these things. That at at one point, will they have a Star Wars show and a Marvel show at the same time, or will they use those two month intervals to pace those out? I wonder. I wonder. Or will it be hey, you Marvel fan, you Star Wars fan, sign up, Mother F, get it done. All right, let's see. Anything else that we need to talk about on the uh, on the show today? Uh, Ludwig Göransson scored a Grammy nomination for the Mandalorian season two soundtrack. Makes sense. I don't think there's anything else, guys. I think that's it. I think that uh, we have our show here for today, and I'm pretty excited about it. I think it was a good show. There's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to talk about today. A lot to talk about. Have I missed? Oh, there's the Andor. Let me see if I missed anything on Andor before we jump back. This is this is what this is what they say. Rogue One on a conference call. Disney chief financial officer has confirmed that Andor is going to be arriving about a year from now in the fourth fiscal fiscal quarter of 2022. That should roughly translate to a premiere at some point in the second half of July, any point in August, any point in September, or the first half of October. It's also worth noting that the Marvel series Miss Marvel will be airing in that same quarter. So if it ends up being the case, it seems like all six episodes of that will have to air before the 12 episodes of Andor get their start. Okay, so it looks like they're not going to crossover while andor 
was the second live-action Star Wars show to start filming. It seems highly likely at this point that it will be the fourth to air. Mandalorian's first two seasons will be followed by the book of Boba Fett and most likely Obi-Wan Kenobi. In terms of timing, it seems likely that the third season of The Mandalorian could begin shortly after the first season of Rogue One, one oh, excuse me, the first season of the Rogue One prequel once it wraps up, which would point to and or possibly airing in the middle of that range. In terms of releases, it seems possible that there will be a live-action Star Wars show for each part of the year, with the book of Boba Fett will covering the first months of 2022, okay, which is what we thought, followed by Obi-Wan in the second three months, which is what we thought, and or in the third, The Mandalorian in the fourth three months. I don't know about that. I mean, I mean, Star Wars Newsnet probably knows better than me. But and then the second season of Bad Batch most likely running concurrently with some of the shows in the gaps. Lucasfilm slate of Disney Plus shows uh, some of their content includes new seasons of The Mandalorian, Bad Batch, premiere book of Boba Fett later this year, and a gauntlet of new shows like Obi Wan, Andor, Ahsoka, The Acolyte, Lando, Lando is that happening? And Rangers of the New Republic. That both of those shows aren't going to happen not anytime soon. Alongside with the animated feature, a droid story. That's not all either, as there are reportedly an abundance of new projects that will be announced on Disney Plus Day. Well, that didn't happen. This is it's an older article, I guess. Um, that certainly didn't happen about new projects. No projects were announced. Flying, flying fart in an elevator is what that Disney Plus Day, as far as Star Wars news went. Um, but, and then the D23 thing, whatever that little mini D23. Nobody's heard, no heard or peep out of that thing. So... Most people are right. I think it's they're focusing on Boba Fett. You won't hear anything about Obi Wan until the beginning of the year. I get a trailer if if they're right, and Obi Wan is February March. Then you'll have to get a trailer. Excuse me for Obi Wan soon, um, because some people are thinking that you're going to get Obi Wan trailer at Celebration, but Celebration ain't until May. So or April. I don't know. One of those two people keep telling me. I forget what it is. I think it's May. Who knows? All right, look. Enjoy your turkey. Get some rest. Have a great weekend. You got to go back to work on Monday, so don't hurt yourself. All right. You guys, don't fall down. Make sure you take care of yourselves and eat all your pumpkin pie and then jog on a treadmill. All right. Thank you, guys. You guys rule. Peace. Stronger.